So when you, you shift from just trying to tell people to buy from you and actually describing what are the problems that they are facing, that changes the narrative to, hey, this is not just a service provider selling to me. This is somebody that I can partner with on my business journey. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendable. Tanya is a business coach and marketing strategist. Her clients have renamed her business Olympics Coach, her knack of turning entrepreneurs into business athletes. She teaches people of influence, such as authors, speakers, influencers, coaches, and consultants to leverage their personal brands, amplify their marketing message, attract premium, high-paying clients, and opportunities using content on social media. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Linda, for having me. I'm excited about this interview. Absolutely. I'm also excited. Ian, can you tell us a little bit of like what you do, what you take your clients through? And I'm really interested in how you use content on social media to basically leverage those opportunities. All right. So, um, Basically, I started out as a copywriter a few years ago because I was tired of working in my job and I wanted something different. And I knew that because I came from the legal back, I was working for a legal firm and I knew how to write. So eventually I just leveraged that and started getting freelancing clients. But now one thing I realized afterward when I, I decided because a client had told me that I could be, I could use my own name and not hide behind other people I was like I can't maybe I should maybe I shouldn't and then when I started using my own name I realized that finding done for you clients was far easier than finding consulting or coaching clients in that sense so I started writing on social media more like leveraging storytelling leveraging different type of writing, but writing more as if I was writing a paper or I was writing a, a newsletter, but an open newsletter. And then after getting clients with that, and eventually I developed a system called the content ecosystem playbook where you could, I could leverage different part of the, of content, different type of content and different forms of content to actually engulf my, my clients or my prospects in my world, which led to uh, to them signing on with, with me. And then when I started getting interest from tech startups to work with them and help them with their go-to-market, which is just launching the product, when I started teaching that on that on that side of the business world and implementing it, I realized that, wow, this was really a great playbook. So I've been teaching that to other content, uh, other content creators, other business athletes that are interested in leveraging organic messages to get clients. Okay, that's awesome. So basically, you noticed that using your own personal brand actually brought you more credibility, if I'm understanding correctly, like more credibility, 
it was just a lot easier and smoother to book those uh, amazing clients, you know, to get enrolled and stuff like that, because I noticed that you help people leverage their personal brand. So what would you say was like the key factor? Like after you made the switch, because it's not just about the name, right? It's about how you show up. And I heard that you leverage storytelling. So how is it that you do that on social media to specifically book clients? Because there's there's so many different ways that you can use social media. You can use it with influencer marketing, right? You can use it uh, with product-based marketing. You can use it, you know, however which way. But I feel as though when it comes to booking like premium clients, there's a certain way that you got to do that. And so what was it, what was like your secret sauce or your aha moment when you discovered, oh my gosh, it's so easy, you know, by implementing, you know, one, two, and three. What were, what were your one, twos, and threes? So um, with the personal brand, in the beginning, it wasn't easy for me until I actually figured out a system around it because I was like, oh my gosh, having a personal brand, you need to have authority. So for me, I created uh, different frameworks and it was a combination of storytelling, a combination of actually factual telling facts. And because one thing I've realized, like working with people in the tech industry and and at a form of highly uh, highly established businesses, because I've worked with established multinational um, companies, one thing that I've realized with them is that they want to understand. So when you're creating content, because our approach is leveraging social media as media, just like in the past, our parents used to pick up the paper in the morning, read it um, with the coffee. Nowadays, most of us when we wake up, have a coffee, we are on social media scrolling. So we are consuming social media in the same way our parents used to buy the paper and read. So once you understand that, you understand that you have certain times in the day where most people's attention is on social media. So one, for example, one thing that I saw, because I'm in the, in South Africa, I realized at 7 a.m., which is usually one around 1 a.m. In, in New York, I would get a lot of traffic on my post. So I would schedule posts to go out at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And then I would also schedule posts to go out between 1 a.m. and 2 p.m because those were usually, that's the morning um, on in the Northern Hemisphere. And one thing that I started realizing that it, it started creating affinity. And a lot of the clients that would come to me was like, oh, I read your articles every day, every morning. And I'm like, I don't write articles. Then I realized that in their mind subconsciously, they're consuming my content as they would consume a paper. So what I started doing was incorporating storytelling and incorporating, incorporating storytelling, not necessarily in the form of just showing what the, the results of our clients and everything, but using storytelling to illustrate the problems that they were facing in the business. So for example, if I wanted to speak to a CPA, somebody who's a small business, I, I have a persona that I call John, the solopreneur CPA. So I would leverage John's story. So I would share, maybe on Monday, I would share the story of how John started his business, why he started his business. Then on Tuesday, I would share the story about the difficulties that John is facing. Then on, on Wednesday, I'll share the story about how John has been creating content now for a year since he started his business. He's not getting traction. And then I will share why he isn't getting traction and actually help them register that logically and make sense of it. And then the following two days, I will pitch. And that started creating traction for us because then we will have people in our DMs, oh, 
I've been John, actually. I, I identify with John. And then when you look at the person, you'll see, oh, this is the CEO of this big company or the CMO of this big company. And I'll be like, hey, can we jump on a call? Can you pitch us? Because there was a time like we had one of the biggest entrepreneurs here on the African continent. Um, he reached out in, to my DMs and he was like, I've worked for Microsoft. I've worked for so many big companies and I've worked with different type of marketers. But I read that article you wrote two days ago about you going to Kubana and it hasn't gotten out of my head. Can you do that for our company? Can you pitch us on how you can help us? And I looked at, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is one of the biggest companies right now that is making waves in Africa. They are asking us to pitch us and the, the, the CEO is literally reminding us to schedule time to pitch them. So when you, you shift from just trying to tell people to buy from you and actually describing what are the problems that they are facing, that changes the narrative to, hey, this is not just a service provider selling to me. This is somebody that I can partner with on my business journey. Amen. Um, I love that. And I love like basically all that you're saying. And it really put it, I love what you said about like, it's almost like when our parents read the newspaper and I really just like that kind of like that scenery, you're having your, your morning coffee and where, where are you headed to, right? You're either heading to your inbox or you're headed into IG or TikTok or wherever it is that you're basically gleaning information from. Because they do say that social media does give you like endorphins, like an endorphin boost. And I think it's just something we're searching for something. I don't know what it is about the human spirit. It's almost like we're always on an adventure and we're always searching for something. And so I think that's why social media plays a very critical role in our business growth, in our you know, mindset, you know, towards growth because of we feel like we're searching for something and maybe our answer is in this app, right? <laughs> so true, so true, so true. And so, okay, so basically- I love it. I love love social media because it gives us the opportunity as small business owners to compete in with other businesses that normally we would not have been able to compete with because then it just levels the playing fields. It really does. And I think that's what's everyone's hang up because it's almost like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going to set me apart from everyone else? But as you began, you know, and as your intro says, you know, building that personal brand. And I really believe that you can even build a personal brand around um, maybe a business name as well. It's all about your brand being personable to the people that you're serving, right? It's so true. And I like to say that, especially when we are building businesses, um, online businesses, and this is something that I've been preaching about lately uh, as well, for, I think for the most of the late last year and to the, um, the whole of this year so far, is that there is a difference also when we are building personal brands that we need to be quite, I don't know the word, but we really need to pay attention to it because there's nuances to personal brands. Because if let's say you are building a brand and I feel like this is something that we are, there's not that much discussions online about it, where there is a difference between building a personal brand just for your business and building a thought leader brand, a brand that transfers into positioning your business as a leader in an industry. So understanding that nuance of building your personal brand, either as a thought leader or as a personal brand as a business is very important because 
that also helps us as business owners to detach for the business. Because if you are a thought leader, you can detach from your business and position other people in your business, but you have transferred the credibility of your business into your company. And this is very important, especially when you are, you are vying for these high premium brands, because let's say if you are going for a corporate, you are going after corporate, uh, corporate accounts, you are vying for the premium. With them, money is not the issue. It is your authority and your business capacity to deliver that makes the or breaks the deal. So it's very important to understand that nuance. And I really appeal to the listeners to really pay attention to that. Like, what do you want to do? Are you building a thought leader brand or are you building just a personal brand for your business? And this would help you eventually, even if you ever want to, to sell your business in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's all a matter of like, who is your client, right? Getting really clear on who it is that you want to work with and who you want to work for. I think um, like, for instance, when I'm listening to your story and how you found like, you know, you pivoted, you were doing um, social media and you were utilizing a certain way that came natural to you and you realize you're, and then boom, a brand pitched you, said, hey, love what you're doing. What can you pitch us on what you can do for us? Because it's kind of like, they're taking that same concept of what you're doing for yourself. They're kind of like, hey, how can you do that for us, right? And I think it's really yeah. about like how it is that you're reflecting or mirroring, right? Because, or resonating. I really feel like it's like you're either giving a reflection, you're either putting up a mirror or you're either resonating with the people that are listening, reading and that are watching you, right? Because a brand has different stages and it has different pivots. But I really feel like the moment that it becomes clear on who it is that you're serving, then that's when you can either, how you were talking about, build it in a way that, okay, you're building this to sell it off, or you're building this, you know, more in a personal aspect, maybe going into the influencer part, or you're building it to get corp corporate, corporate deals, corporate premiums and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's all about who it is that you're serving, what business capacity do you have? Because you were talking about capacity, right? What capacity you have in, in servicing and, and delivering? And, and then where do you want to be? I feel like those are the kind of like the key components that you kind of touched on on like and get being successful on social media. That is, I love how you put it. And this is so true. Um, knowing who you want to serve <laughs> and also being comfortable with the fact that who you want to serve may evolve eventually in the future. Maybe the client that you want to serve today might not be the client that you want to serve in 2025 and that's okay. So I love how you put that. That clarity is the building block of how you, you build your brand. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like for me, and I'm going to take a, you know, just a, I guess a little, um, sabbatical and talking about like how I'm building my brand and stuff like that because I feel like this is really hitting and really timely as people are listening to this episode um, because it's going to be the next one after the life update and as people are hearing this I want people to know like as I am currently building my brand I think one of the most difficult things that I have dealt with was number one who is it that I want to be on the market what, it, what message am I trying to portray or say? And number two, who is it that I want to serve? And I think not being clear with those things or just 
you know, like liking this style, then liking this other style and being very multi-passionate, right? Because sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you're very multi-passionate. You have a whole bunch of hobbies. You have a whole bunch of things that you're interested in. And that I've noticed in order to be ridiculously successful, because I've been studying, I've been looking at it, I've been testing, and I've noticed it's all about consistency. Consistency is key in being radically successful on this even playing field as you were talking about. Because consistency is gonna outdo talent 100%. Because if you're consistent in showing up a certain way and still bring that same level, whatever level you're, that you wanna bring or wanna show or, or the message and you're consistent in that messaging, you're consistent in those reels of the way that they look and people can expect the same thing or someone of the same topics within what they're viewing, then they know what to expect from you. But if you're all over the place, usually people are gonna fall off. Like, this is too much for me. This is overstimulating because the social media is already overstimulating. I love how you put that. And that is very important. Like, it's key. And I'm looking forward to, to hearing this life update that you have going on. And I love that you, you have taken the time to to think and reflect and actually see where you are going with your own personal brand because not everybody is doing that. But if you are able to do this, then you are able to avoid burnout even in the future and actually properly um, lead your brand and lead your business in the way that you are called to. Because I often say that God calls us to, to a mission. It will give you the vision. It will not give you the plan. Because maybe if he gives you the plan, you are going to freak out and say, no, God, uh -uh, this is too much. This is not for me. And this was me. If God had showed me a few years ago that now I, I'm seeing you work with corporate uh, companies, I'll be like, no, God, mm -mm, I'm returning this card. This is wrong address. You have the wrong address. This is not for me. Thank you. Bye. But I think this is very important then to always have the time to and self-reflect and take the time to constantly evolve and it is part of the growth journey with business amen and we're going to go a little bit into kind of like your strategy and and your build up and and like where you where you started and where you took your business but i kind of want to also like interject like if you're just starting your brand or if you're like you know trying to pivot from your brand or trying to do different things i want you to kind of really sit down with yourself and ask yourself one you know, who is the brand for? Like, who is your messaging for? Um, number two, you know, who is it that you want to be that you love doing? Because you can get, like you were talking about, Tanya, we can get burnt out. Like I have gotten burnt out before. And because I'm doing something that I truly feel called to do, I am being there consistently. Every Monday, we're dropping a show, um, whether it's a life update or an interview. Shoot, I'm doing it by God's grace. But you know, that's something that I was able to leverage and see where is it I want to be? Do I want to be blogging once a week? Do I want to be in audio once a week? Do I want to be on IG posting once a day, twice a day or once a week? You know, I, you have to decide how you want to show up. So Tanya, tell us how you got to like where you started and now working with these big corporations, you know, landing these, you know, premium clients. Like, what did you say that you did? Like the first one you said, okay, you decided to have the mindset that every post or every content that you put out there 
was like an article, correct? Yeah, that was the first step. And the second step was also understand, like just like you said, understanding who I wanted to work with and who I wasn't available to work with. Because at the same time that you are saying, oh, I want to work with this type of client, you have to also establish who you are not available to work with. And one of the things that I even recently said to somebody on the call, if one of the first um, questions we see um, by a prospect in my DMs is, how much is it to work with you? Then you are approaching working with me from the wrong frame. I'm probably not for you because we are a premium service provider. And this is the, 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 the number one thing. Understand who you want to attract, who you don't want to attract, then be clear about that and also be clear about how you articulate that to the market. The third thing is understand the sophistication of the prospect you're trying to speak to. Because if you are trying to speak to business owners that are more established, because I, if you're listening to this, I do not subscribe to the idea that you need to be ahead of your clients if you have to work with them. The reason being is that I've worked with people that, I, that have far more money than me, right? They have far more money than me. But the same skills that I was using working with smaller businesses was the same thing I was doing with these big businesses. Nothing had changed. The only thing that had changed was the budget and the client. But the, the system that I was implementing in, in these businesses was the same thing that I was implementing with the, the smaller the smaller clients. So I, I was just taking the same thing and just doing the same thing and just giving the same results. So this, when once you've decided that, then it's about showing up. And the thing is, when you're doing that transition, the first few months are going to be hard because the reality is that the, the clients, the prospects that you want, the clients that you want, you do not yet have them in your audience. So you have to reverse engineering. Identify, if you know that, okay, I want to work with spa owners um, that are at a maybe 100,000, 300 or 500,000 million in, in revenue. So what you want to do, there are different type of tools, lead scrap, lead fuse. There's a few of them um, in the market. Find those, get on those, on those softwares, pull out the list. Now, I don't want you to cold pitch these people. What you're going to do, most of them, it's going to give you your LinkedIn. Most of these people are on LinkedIn. So it's going to give you the LinkedIn email, the details, the company website, and everything. So what you do, then you go, you take that list, and it's going to be a manual thing, but there are some tools such as Phantom Buster, Buster that you can use, where you reach out, you connect. Hey, I saw that you're doing this. I really love what you're doing. Those that connect with you, the first message after that is never a pitch. It's a thank you for connecting with me. I really appreciate you connecting with me. If there's anybody in my network that would be um, useful for you, let me know. I'll be happy to, to make an introduction. And by the way, here is something that have a free resource. Usually, if you have a podcast, it's amazing. Podcast, blog, something of the sort. Here's a free resource. I would love to possibly collaborate with you one day because you are not pitching it's new it's a novelty because it's a pitch fest out here so once you have done that most of the time most of them will be 
flabbergasted that you haven't pitched because most of the people when you connect in they're expecting a pitch so they will respond warmly and you start having conversation you're not looking for the pitch right now you're just having conversation because the more you're having conversation with them in the dm you're telling the linkedin algorithm oh okay these people have a relationship now when you are posting your content it will be show it will be shown to them more and more and with your content if you have a system where it's taking them through the buyer's journey because you'll be posting it through and taking them through the buyer's journey they will come back to the dms and be like oh i've already chatted with linda linda was so nice there's only already that good feeling that good vibe around you so it's easy enough for them to be like hey linda i really i really connected with this piece of content i really want to have a conversation about how you can support us this is golden like i'm just gonna do like a brief overview of what you just said because there were like some really i love like some gems that you dropped so i love that you said it's a pitch fest out here like don't start it pitching because let me tell you I'm not a big podcast right now, you know, you know, Lord willing, we we're going to be huge, you know, if God so wills it, which mm -hmm. I'm praying for. Um, but I'm also praying for what, what I'm meant to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not in a rush to get there, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I just want to do, I just want to make sure that I do what it is that I'm, I am called to do. But number one, I love how you said a pitch. It is a pitch fast, man. I get pitched a lot, you know, and and people that I really feel are not a good fit are pitching me and they don't even know what the podcast is about, you know, and, or let's say so I get a lot of pitches for one of my podcast, my blog posts, that's about my, like my blogging essential tools. And they want me to add their link into the, my, my blog post because it gets, it's high in views, you know, but, but, you mm -hmm. know, but it's a pitch, but there's not, there's no introduction. There's no relationship building. They're not even subscribed. They're not following me on IG. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, they're not giving me mm -hmm. something to let me know that they're invested. And then why, you know, in a, in a way it's like, okay, you want something from me, but I don't see any return on my investment. Like if I were to add your link here, you'll get, a, you know, you obviously your, your views will get bumped up, but what about me? <laughs> in a sense, it gets like that only because, only because, there's so many pitches, right? There's so many things. There's so many people like vying for your attention. And it's almost like, is this going to be a win-win, right? Are we going to, I like a win-win, but if I'm only having a win-lose or a win-zero, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I'm going to get the short end of the stick here. And I'd rather do collaborations that we're both winning because that's more fruitful for both of us. And another thing you said, which I want you to go more in depth, the buyer's journey. Can you take me through Take us through the buyer's journey. This is the first time I hear this and I love it. The buyer's journey. Take us through the buyer's journey. Okay. I love to, to give this example and I want everybody listening to actually picture this. So it's a Friday night. You've had a long week. You had a difficult client. You've had your manager on your case. Now you're like, I'm going to go over to the bar next door. I'm going to grab a cold beer and just chill. So you walk in, you go to your favorite spot, right? And you sit down and the waitress that usually serves you, she comes over, hey Linda, how are you? Oh, I'm good. What you gonna have? I want a cold beer, like a really cold one. Cool, I'm bringing it over. Now you check over the bar, then you see somebody checking you out. 
And you're like, okay, do I know this person? No, I don't. Then they start walking over to you. Once they walk over to you, they're like, oh my gosh, Mina, you're so beautiful. I think we should get married. Now, if you are anyone like me, <laughs> you're probably looking around, okay, somebody save me. But this is what people are doing with sales. We are asking people to marry us on the first date. So the buyer's journey, and I know that mean that you're married. So the first time you probably saw your husband, you were attracted to your husband. Oh gosh, he's cute. <laughs> okay, I'll give him my number, no problem. <laughs> then he starts chatting you up. You like, okay, I like how he vibes, I like how he talks, I like how he's doing things, he's taking me to dinner. All right, he's, he's, he's planning those dates. He's like, I'm gonna pick you up at 8 p.m. I'm taking you to dinner. I'm gonna, okay. So what is he doing? He's nurturing that, that connection. He's taking the time to nurture that connection. He's taking the time for you to get to know him. And then he's like, okay, can you be my girlfriend? Okay, now I'm his girlfriend. He's nurturing the, the connection. And then he pops the question. You're like, of course, I'll marry you. It's the same thing. How did All you know that's exactly what happened? <laughs> But that's how, that's how it's supposed to happen. Right? That's how it's supposed to happen. They have to nurture. He has to earn you and earn the right to marry you. Because I come from a culture, for example, where a man has to pay a dowry to marry me. So usually it is to prove that you have earned the right to be my husband, so you have to pay a dowry. So it's the same process that people are going through. So think of yourself, if you were an African, think of yourself as the husband that has to pay the dowry. So you have to pay a dowry to your prospects, to your clients, mm, to I love earn the right to them, to partner with you. I like that. I like, I really, Tanya, you know what? I love this perspective. And I love the way that you're articulating it because we lose that, right? With social media, everything's so easy. Buy here, buy that, get connected here, da, 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 da. you know, join here, you know, <laughs> and all of that. Even me, you know, like, hey, we're about to launch our membership, you know, become a member, join the wait list, hey, right? But you're totally 100% correct. And that's what I've been doing with the podcast, you know, slowly building and nurturing connection, right? um doing behind the scenes about our summits doing the behind the scenes of like some of my work and hot seats and all of that all building up that nurturing so when you do your content and I want the listener to know when you're doing your content that's exactly what you're doing you're nurturing and people are in it for the journey it's not just they're like exactly. in it for the experience right is it like when you're dating you're in it for the experience are they bringing you the right experience right <laughs> Exactly. And literally what you're doing, you are paying your diary. You are paying the diary to your audience. So that's the thing. So you need to have an attraction, how you attract. Social media is great for attracting, right? So once you have attracted your prospect, okay, it's, yeah, EQ, think of it like, okay, your prospect is like, okay, okay, EQ, cool. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you my number. That's the follow. That's the connection. That's the first piece. Now you have to nurture. 
So the okay, so that's the email, right? <laughs> that's the email. Yes, yeah, the- <laughs> that's your email address. The, that's them subscribing to the email list. That's them connecting with you. That's them following you. That's them giving you, giving you the number. So you still have mm-hmm. to work. They still have to work. If it's a man, you gotta take them out to dinner, right? You not, yeah, you, you gotta take me to dinner. If you're not taking me to dinner, I don't want coffee dates. I want you to take me to dinner. Right. Mm, that's so good. Later, later is the coffee it. day. <laughs> exactly. So now you want to take your prospects to dinner and through the nurture phase, that's what you do. And the nurture, the, the reality is why a lot of people sometimes struggle with getting clients is that they are resonating at the higher level. You are the expert, you know the problems, you know how you solve the problem. But the truth is over 50% at least 80% of your audience, of the people that will give you the, their numbers, do not know the problem or are not that well aware about the problem that they are facing. So your nurture piece is about educating. And the educating piece is not how to content. I do not believe that how to content is the way to get clients because if it was, a lot of the people that are doing how to content would be wealthy. That's not the way. So the education piece is you walking them through what are the problems, the, 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 the symptoms of the problems that they're having. Are you having no sales if it's a business? Are you, have, are you posting content and you are not seeing, seeing a return on investment on that? Are you posting how to content? You're getting the claps, the applause and the comments and the likes, but the people are not buying. You are I have noticed that. I have noticed that because I, I, I first started with blogging and blogging about my clients and the process I take my clients through. That always led mm-hmm. to more clients. I switched it up, exactly. you know, because I switched it up and I did how-to content. And how-to content, you know, it, it grew my social media, but it did not increase my DMs. But what does increase my, like if I was in a position, cause right now I didn't want, uh, you know, I'm in a different, you know, like I am not doing the one-on-one cause I did do premium clients and I did the one-on-one, you know, with web design and stuff like that. And I'm kind of transitioning away from that. So I decided to dabble in a few things, but I noticed if I do want clients, all I got to do is blog about one of my clients show the befores and afters and boom, I will be having another client, you know, or, you know, or interest or leads and, a, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think a lot of people miss that, you know? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. See, Linda just proved my point. When you, you take them through the journey, so you show the before, you show the after, you show how your process takes them from that part to the new uh, to the to the new things that they want you get clients so that is the nurture part that you have to do because then you have to allow them to process because here's how we make decisions when we have to make decisions especially purchasing decisions our brain is activated in three areas we have our logical area then we have our limbic system which is where our emotions are taking place and then we have a pleasure area where we like okay this is really nice i like the feeling that that just brings me so what happens, think of the limbic system as the wife. Now, we all know if there's a purchase that needs to be made in Linda's home, 
Our good old self cannot make that decision without Linda. If he wants peace, he knows he cannot do that. So what's gonna happen is gonna go and speak to Linda. And if Linda is like, okay, this makes sense, then he buys. This is what we are doing all the time. Olympic system or emotional center in the brain is the wife in the equation. And our logical brain is the husband. The process, the process, the logic, okay, I do this, I make this decision like this, these are the processes, blah, 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 and then I'm gonna get the result. But now if your content does not engage the emotional part and the pleasure side, I say, okay, this is really gonna be pleasurable to experience having maybe, think, I'm gonna give a, a, a typical example of the online space, 10K months, I'll be able to go on holiday. You feel that, you feel that pleasure and you can imagine that most of us will be able to imagine what that would feel like. And you feel when we can imagine that, then that becomes the pleasure center is activated. The limbic system is like, mm, this is good. Then it tells the logical part of the brain that, uh-huh, we want this. So that's what you are supposed to do through your nurture. And then eventually you close the sale because then you are inviting people consistently to work with you. Amen. I know when I was, um, and which reminds me, when I was building like, you know, handmade items, when I was doing a product-based business, I went from product-based to digital, um, which I'm still in the digital because I love it. But anyways, when I was doing product-based businesses, I remember the number one reason, and I always had a client, like after I was done with the client, I had another client. And my, it was a, pr a pretty premium service, but it was the way that I marketed the service that actually had people coming back because it was an experience. And that's where you're talking about the pleasure part, the emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And that's the emotional connection, I would say equals the experience. And I love how you put it into like husband and wife, the logical brain is almost like a masculine energy. And then, you know, the other part of the brain is almost like a feminine type of energy. And then you bring it together, what are you yeah. doing? The husband and wife need to create an experience, right? And I think that's what a, a lot of entrepreneurs are missing and that you articulating very well is that, you know, when you're doing your marketing and you're taking people with the before and afters, I always tell people like, do a story behind what you do. Have a story that has a message that they get a nugget of wisdom. So when they read your item, they're stepping away with more knowledge or they're stepping away with something with a nugget of wisdom that you've given them from the experience. You know what I'm saying? Like once you get your, your content and that, that'll create like a positive impact because I love the saying that says people will forget what you say or do, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yep. Yep. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And once you actually get that, premium clients are no longer a problem because they shop on experiences. They don't care about you giving them 20% discount, giving them a number of bonuses. They want that experience. They want that feeling. They want that peace and certainty of getting to the result. So when you are able to create that picture in their brain that speaks to them on all three levels, Signing them as clients, easy. Amen. Okay, so so tell us a little bit about what you do. So you take them through the buyer's journey. You mm -hmm. do attraction marketing. You nurture a little bit. One of your favorite 
um, places is LinkedIn, you know, because then you start showing up their feed, especially if you're trying to do corporate, right? You got to reverse engineer and reverse engineer means you have to ask yourself, where are your clients? Where did they hang out? You know that if you're going to get somebody at the bar or the library, where are you going to get them at the gym? Right? So like, you know, you're going to, you're, you're about to get your, your perfect ideal customer. Where are they hanging out? Because it doesn't, the price points and all that doesn't matter. Like you were talking about, it's about the experience that you're creating, right? So what type of experience that you want to create, identify that, who you're for, reverse engineer, where do, where are they? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on social media? Are they on threads? You know, are they, are they still not yet on the bandwagon? You know, where are they? Right. Absolutely. That's, that's just the key. Go where your people are. (laughs) It's, it's very difficult. It's sometimes, I, I feel like sometimes we often choose as entrepreneurs to be on the struggle train where you, a platform might not have the people that we want, but we stay there. I mean, I recently made the decision that I'm no longer going to post. I haven't been posting on Instagram, but I wanted to come back because everybody's telling me, but I'm like, then I started looking at the data. Instagram has never given me the results of LinkedIn. Exactly. So why must I work to keep eyeballs on Instagram when it's not rewarding me for my work? Let me be where I am going. So that's the key. Be be okay with having that conversation. What is the platform? Who is the best segment? Like I say, you need to know your total addressable market. So for me, my my total addressable market our corporate tech companies, coaching companies, coaches that are trying to transition from being single coaches to building a company. So they're trying, they want to move from being a solopreneur to a CEO of a company where they don't have to do everything. That's my total addressable market. So be aware Mm. of who is your addressable market that you need to speak to because then when you know who's your total addressable market, you know, okay, where is where is it likely that I will find the most concentration of them? Right? Amen. So, yeah. For example, for me on Facebook, I still post on Facebook, but Facebook, the community on Facebook is mostly lifestyle coaches or people that are starting out. Whereas people on LinkedIn are coaches that are building company or companies, or they, it's coaching companies that are trying to scale things of those advisory firms that are trying to scale. So obviously now they have the biggest way, the, the easiest way for me to speak to a lot of people, which is attracting them. And then I will funnel them through. So some of them will be like, Tanya is not for me because Tanya, I write in a sarcastic way. The way I speak might not be for everybody. The, some of yeah. my beliefs might not be for everybody. So I will filter out some people that will be like, nah, Tanya ain't for me. But they, uh, there will be some other people that are like, girl, I've been rooting for you. I love what you do and things of the sort. So it's that is very important. Know your total addressable market. Then, be comfortable showing up as you are and occupying space. And here's why. A lot of times in the past, I tried to adhere to what other people, I felt that other people wanted me to be. So I, I didn't want to speak on a lot of things. I said that, okay, people don't want to hear about it. For example, I was having a consultation today and I was telling um, this coach, I was like, 
have you considered um, coaching, like exchanging your coaching for equity into firms or um, how you can grow through acquisitions? And these are things that I knew from also having worked in the legal sector. Then when I started my business, I was consulting for um, go-to-market for a merchant acquisition firm. And a lot of times I felt like, hey, people don't want to hear about these things. I need to keep myself small to ensure that I accommodate everybody. And that mm. actually made me hide in plain sight. Whereas when I started speaking about the things that I knew about merchant acquisition, about how fundraising is working for in the tech space, how, um, how are founders making mistakes with their fundraising, how they're wasting money that they've raised through investment, that started bringing people that were um, quite sophisticated and premium because they were like, hey, you understand us. You understand the top to bottom issues that we face. You are not just a service provider that is commoditized. And this is the reality of a lot of service providers. They find themselves commoditized and unable to, to charge premium services because they are not comfortable with occupying space and seeing what they think, calling out what they feel is wrong with the industry. I wrote a series on LinkedIn uh, on my newsletter around fintechs and banks, and I titled it the David and Goliath of David versus Goliath, fintechs versus banks, who's going to win? And that attracted premium people into my sphere because they were like, hey, I have fintech CEOs, I have bank CEOs, they were like, hey, you get it, you get it. Mm. And this is the reality, speak to the level of sophistication, but be comfortable also calling them out on their ish. Because when you are comfortable <laughs> calling them on their ish, then obviously they'll be like, okay, this is my equal. Because this is what you want to you want to do when you're selling to um, higher level businesses. You do not want to go there with your caps behind your, your and your hands behind your back, with your, your, your cap folded at the back and be like, you are under. You want to go there on equal footing. And the only way for them to feel that you're on equal footing is your intellectual property. So you have to showcase that and occupy space. Amen. It's almost like, um, you know, give it to me straight. You know, how can I grow if I don't even understand what, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's almost like how you were talking about um, in your bio, right? The Olympic coach. What, why do Olympians have coaches that never even made it into the Olympics, but have trained other Olympians, right? And I think it's because, number one, you need that outside perspective of someone that studied that industry that studied the professionals that studied, you know, the top tier things of what works and what doesn't, what nutrition is, is what you need and what you don't need and what has failed before and what has, because when you're in the game and you have a talent, you're, you're, you naturally are gifted about certain things. You're not naturally gifted on certain areas because of that natural gifting. You need an, someone else's maybe also their talent and their education is, viewing it in a different perspective that you may need in order to win that gold medal, right? Or to make it up in the pat, you know, in that pedestal. But it, you need that exactly. outside perspective. You need someone to shoot it to you straight, you know? And that's why you have to be someone willing to, hey, I'm gonna give it to you straight. That's what, how I like it. Like, I don't, I don't want someone just sugarcoating and like, you're doing a great job. I don't see any areas that you can work on. I'm like, man, I'll never get better, right? 
And that, I think that's also why one of the reasons I, I, I put my messaging around that because I used to be an athlete. I used to box. I used to play basketball. And the one oh, thing that wow. um, anybody that has been uh, in, in sport, you know that you have to push through your pain. Short-term, short-term pains for long-term gains. So that's the perspective that a lot of athletes have where they know that I can, I, I can be uncomfortable now because I need to be uncomfortable now because I need to get somewhere that is bigger than here. Because if you think about it, I think when Usain Bolt said that, that he beat the record because his coach made him run continuously trying to break a record. So people saw him run and break the record once but he had been running and breaking that record over and over in the backhand working with his coach. And this is the perspective that most athletes have. So you have to push through the mental blocks that you have. You have to push through the, the physical pain to be able to get the results that you desire. And I think that's the reason why I had said I'm, a, I'm for business athletes because anybody that has been an athlete, you understand that part that it's, you, you, are, you require a lot of mental toughness and you have to say no to a lot of things. You have to, and this is the same thing with business. You have to learn to say no. You have to say no if, to clients that you know that you don't wanna serve to make space for clients that you want to serve. Even when you know that, okay, where am I gonna get this client? Because the more you say yes, to things that you're not supposed to say yes to, you dilute yourself and you you stop yourself from showing up as the person that you need to be. Because I often say, where we wanna be five years from now as a business owner, the, the, the trick is that most people don't understand is that you need to start showing up as that person today. So you need to start making decisions as Linda from five years, if, um, f- from that's gonna be, in 2027, I believe, oh, my math, 2028. <laughs> but you need to start making decisions like that Linda, the Linda, the version of Linda in 2028, in 2023, to get the results that you want to get in 2028. And this is not a perspective that I've learned from working with these um, high-level CEOs that they don't make decisions on just for today and short-term gains. They are thinking five years down the line, three years down the line, the decision that I'm going to make now needs to make sense for three years, five years. So it might not make financial sense for them right now when they're making the investment, but they know that the gain in three years, the gain in five years, the gains in seven years is gonna make sense. And this is even how it works in the investment world. This is why you see all these venture capitalists writing millions of dollars of checks to companies because they know that the upswing, they're gonna be in the negative right now, but they are going to make a lot of money seven years from now. I'll give you an example just to highlight what I'm trying to say to to the listeners. In 2016, there's a company that came out, Paystack, kind of like uh, your strikes in the US. And they were a little bit different and they started getting momentum. So they got into Y Combinator, which is an accelerator for tech startups. They gave them some money. And then a few years later, they raised some money from Stripes and Y Combinator around 10 or 11 million. I don't, I can't remember the actual number. Then in 2020 or 2021, they sold for 200 million. Stripe bought them out for 200 million. So these young men in 2015 in the university in Nigeria, 2016 and stuff, got into that com- uh, that accelerator, put in the time, 
And the, the payout, Stripes and Y Combinator put checks of 11 million, around 11, 13 million, and the buyout was 200 million. This is how you as an entrepreneur to, need to start making decisions when you make investments. And you, I'm not asking you to go and become the next tribe or pay stack. What I am saying is how you're making decisions, think of it how Y Combinator did with that put a 10 million check. What is the, your 10 million check that you're putting into your business? It's the decisions that you're making. It's the investment that you're making, the business coaching that you are, you are, you are taking, the course that you're taking, the, the, the people, the, the, the team that you're building. Those are your investments for the upswing. And this is how you need to start making decisions as an entrepreneur. I got a clap on that one. That is so true. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm sorry if I scream in people's ears right now. But let me tell you, in a, in a lower end, let me tell you like this. It could be as simple as you starting a podcast. And maybe you're not seeing the yeah. fruits of that. But then if you've been consistent with it for five years, and then all of a sudden you blow up, it's not because of that one time that you blow up. It's because you've been consistently showing up consistently, right? Consistency for the past five years. And finally, you're going to see that fruit of your reward. And that's the thing. A lot of entrepreneurs, they want because exactly. of the, the social media marketing, they want it right now. Oh, in a week, you'll get a high-end client. In two weeks, you'll get a high-end client, you know, and, but they haven't even established their brands to even have roots. And so you got to build out your roots your root system and, and make sure you become clear. So you, that tree, that money tree that you're wanting can grow its fruit and you can, you know, see the rewards from that because right now you're sowing seeds and, and, and those seeds exactly. are going to basically have the, so I love that analogy and I love that um, perspective of that company, you know, so every little thing. And, and as you were saying, like right now, I have some people on my team that are an investment, but are worth the investment. And I'm doing certain things and making certain, certain sacrifices that are worth the sacrifices because I, I know and I have faith that I will be seeing those. And, and that's one of the things I tell people also, if you're an entrepreneur because you can get burnout, make sure you're doing something you absolutely love, you know, or, you know, that you absolutely love doing because you're, it's going to take some time sometimes to see that those fruit of your labor, right? Right, Tanya? <laughs> so true. So true. Exactly that. And I love how you brought it down to even a podcast. It's an investment. Why do lot of people don't know? Podcasts are, um, it's a media company that you have. You, you yeah. have a media company inside your business that you, you, you some people just think it's, it's a media company. So that will grow. And if for, for those that don't know, and media, media companies get sold all the time. People are buying out podcasts. People are buying out newsletters. Uh, what's HubSpot bought out, uh, what's this company? Hustle for, I believe, over $10 million. That was a newsletter. Wow. That was a newsletter. But that was Oh, yeah. Started. People are buying newsletters. Uh, oh, yeah. So HubSpot bought it for over $10 million. Because the, the, they haven't disclosed the, the money, but they said it's over $10 million. The, the owner, Sam, said that it's over $10 million. Um, I believe even over 20 million. And then you have Morning Brew that was bought out as well. There are companies constantly buying out other companies. And these are not, uh, these are a lot of these companies were bootstrapped. It was just somebody starting something. I believe Sam Paul said that he started um, the hustle. He had a blog and then he started events and eventually that turned into 
the hassle, um, daily newsletter, and stuff like that. And afterward, he sold it for over 10 million. New emails, sending out emails. So yes, that was I mean, even founder, but I even the magazine, mm -hmm. even the magazine founder, if you read their story, I always love, you know, reading origin stories because they're so, they're so, they're filled with so many nuggets of wisdom, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like start that podcast, put in the investment, stop looking at, oh, I'm not growing. Oh, I'm going to give up. I put out three, four, five episodes. People are not listening. <laughs> okay, I give up. Um, I know. All it takes is one. That, that's not your portrait. Mm -mm. No. That's people like to binge. As stock, buying stock into your business. Yeah. Buy people stock like to binge. It's you buying stock into your business. Mm -hmm. True. Amen. I Amen. binge podcast. I, <laughs> I binge podcast. I listen to podcasts more than I watch um, YouTube. So from the morning till it's maybe an addiction, but from the morning till late in the evening, I'll be jumping through podcasts. So I like I say, if you you jump into my Spotify, you'll be like, girl. That's too much content. But I listen to podcasts when I'm working, when I'm cooking, when I'm doing something. So Amen. you, and I don't, and part, the, the thing is you are spending a cup. I think you're probably going to spend over an hour with us right now. You've gotten to know me. You've gotten to know Linda. And if you Amen. binge on Linda's content, <laughs> you'll be like, oh, I like Linda. Then you want to work with Linda because you feel like you know her. Now, don't you think that you should have the same thing for your business? <laughs> It's not just having a podcast. I'm just giving, uh, uh, you know, that example. But it's also about, like, how you were saying. They put in $11 million. You know, some people say, uh, so, uh, some people have asked me, you know, Linda, when do I start hiring? As soon as you can. <laughs> as soon as you're able. Because, you know, there's only one of you, you know. I do recommend people, like, okay, make sure your business is viable, that you're actually making money, that all of your overhead is being paid monthly, and then you can like mm -hmm. from your own pocket make the investment into a team and then grow that and you know and keep on growing that and, and multiplying that like if you're bootstrapping it and you don't have an outside investor or anything like that you know you can do something like that but i mean it's it's what type of investment you're, are you doing million dollar investments or are you doing time investments so which are all yeah. which is million dollar investments regardless so regardless of it, like, make sure you understand where your people, like for me, I like you, right, Tanya, you have a marketing strategy that's around LinkedIn. I know another coach, the way that she gains clients is by being on other people's podcasts. And I know, uh, like for me, mm -hmm. my biggest ROI, you know, from people, it would be people landing on my Instagram and going into my Facebook group. So that's one of the biggest thing, like once people are in my Facebook group, they convert higher than they are if they're just on just they're just a follower or they're just on the newsletter mm -hmm. but if they're on the newsletter and my my facebook group they're converting into a client or buying something from us you know if they're you know and so basically double doubling down on that and i'm also doing linkedin but i i'm, I'm still dabbling i just put my articles there and like cross my fingers and wish for the best <laughs> But uh, I haven't done no, your I, type of strategy yet. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, no, no, no. Every, I, I say this. LinkedIn is the bomb.com. And I think it's, the, <laughs> it's that, that place that most people haven't discovered yet. And in a way, I'm hoping that everybody will just stay on Instagram. and. <laughs> yes. 
I'm so glad that you're giving us that gem. <laughs> it is the bomb.com in because here's the thing with LinkedIn, not a lot of people are producing content on LinkedIn. Um, mm. I think they published um, some of the stats, it's less than 3% of the people on LinkedIn producing content. Now, how many people are producing content on Facebook and let's not even go to Instagram, baby. Mm, so, that's good. Oh, shoot, I gotta jump on it. <laughs> so, that just gives you the highlight that there's the opportunity. And the thing is, with what I have seen is because it's primarily business people, primarily, I know this is something that we're working on with another business that I, I'm involved in. And normally if you, I had reached out to the CEO that we wanna partner with, without him following me on LinkedIn, he probably would have sent me to his PA because this is a big company here um, in Africa. Yeah, but I remember. I remember. I, I uh, reached out to him and I'm like, hey, can I have somebody in uh, the details or somebody on your marketing team? Um, because I, wanna, I want us to partner with you. I have an idea. He gave me his own email address. Yeah, I know. They're connecting because I remember um, there's, an, there's an app, a big app, and the CEO of the big app was like, hey, I want to meet you, you know, and I'll, I was still like their assistant, like, hey, they, you know, set up a meeting in Raleigh. And I was like, I canceled it. I was so scared. <laughs> I canceled it. You know, looking back, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that, for that big deal. I was not ready. You know, I was, it was so well, scary I, and I had I've my had little babies. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've had I, that, but uh, go for it. And yeah, the I, reality I, yeah. is, the reality is I wasn't ready even the first time. I think the first mm. time when it happened, um, I dodged, I, 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 I actually ghosted the, this prospect because I was like, mm, she's too big for me. Then the second yeah, time- Yeah, yeah, it happened to me, that happened to me. I, I like, I'm gonna do it even though I'm scared. The second time I, I was like, I'm gonna do it even though I'm scared. And the, this was somebody that um, he has a mining company, he has a security company, he has call centers. I'm just giving you guys an idea. He has call centers. Yeah. He has two security companies. He has mining companies. He has a property development company <laughs> all under his holding company, right? So they were yeah. having issues and they were like, okay, can you come through? And when I, I was in that room, like the, you know, imposter syndrome be getting you. Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean, my yeah, inner voice was like, <laughs> girl, you're gonna mess this up. You're gonna mess this up. And <laughs> then as I'm like presenting, <laughs> yeah. And I'm presenting and everybody's quiet in the room. And I'm like, I'm done presenting and Oh my gosh, I was like, my, the inner voice was like, I told you I was, you're going to mess it up, retract, back down, everything. Then the CEO is like, oh my gosh, we have been dealing with this bottleneck for over two years. And you have just walked us through not only the problem, identified the bottleneck, and actually given us solutions. And I was like, this man is worth a couple of, a couple of hundred millions. Mm. And I helped him. You're supposed Amen. to be to know everything. And that's the thing. And that's when it clicked for me that you do not need to be a couple of steps. Your intellectual property that you think, okay, you, you just have it is just normal because you have it. There are people out there that 
know a lot of stuff, but they don't know what you know. Exactly. 100%. And they Sonia, need like, you. Yeah, they need you. They need you. They need you. That's why you have to show up. You got, you owe it to yourself to show up. You owe it to yourself to have those discussions. And when you get hit with that, the CEO of huge corporation wants to meet you, you don't, you don't flake on it. You go, you say, yes, I'm Don't there. flake on it. Go skate. No. Go skate. <laughs> no, no. Now I have, um, I recently um, was approached with another um, big company that wants to collaborate. And so we're going through negotiations there. And so now I'm not scared. Now I'm like, do it afraid. You know, now I, it was a few years ago that that happened to me that I was like, it was a new company. Um, some of my clients, um, because I, 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 they had like a processor that they were doing um, to help mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. And so because I was servicing entrepreneurs and some of my clients were using them, um, the CEO wanted to meet with me. And they were just small then, now they're huge. And um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, as an entrepreneur, you guide other entrepreneurs on like the best routes and the best ways. But I did, I canceled the meeting because mm-hmm. I had two little babies and I was just, you know, I was like, I love what they're doing and I love the company. And I, of course, I recommend it to my clients, but I'm afraid, I'm scared to meet with them. At the time, I knew, I'm so, I'm, I'm a little bit glad that I did it because I wasn't ready. I know mentally I was not ready, but now I am, I'm in a space but I'm mentally ready. And so now when I deal with negotiations because of failures of self-sabotaging certain things and, you know, and canceling certain things that maybe were great opportunities, you know, hindsight is 2020. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for X, Y, Z. Now I know exactly who I am, who I want to be on the online space and who, is, who it is that I was serving. Cause I was still developing that voice, if that makes sense. And I didn't want to skyrocket fast. I wanted to take things easy easy going but now like i'm ready like okay whether it's fast or slow you know i'm ready for whatever god has in store for me but tanya <laughs> where can people find you all right as you have heard my home is linkedin i'm really on linkedin i'm on facebook and other platform but if you really want to connect with me you can search for my name tanya kabuya on linkedin and i also have a digital magazine called business creed mag.digital and we have a newsletter that you can sign up where i send you a lot of goodies we have a really popular series that i write on saturdays i'll probably give linda the, the link to that where um it's called saturday business lessons and this is literally how i allow my audience to pick my brain so the more questions i have i receive from people so the most popular question i will turn that into a whole edition and give you uh, strategies on that so we've one of the most popular um, series was how to use the seven deadly sins and seven virtues to get clients so and um, it's a psychology based marketing um, kind of way of doing please when you sign up on it and i'm teaching you about psychology based marketing please let's have an agreement that this is going to be used ethically because it's 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 these are strategies that i've learned from the finance world that really works so you can find me on linkedin or find me on my newsletter and i'll be happy to have you there amen and send me the link and i'll make sure to have it in the show notes so you can um sign up for that newsletter and i absolutely want to read that article (laughs) and see what's going on there so thank you tanya thank you for being a guest on the show 
Thank you for having me. It was such a blast having this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindabendable.com. Sign up for the blog cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.